Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, power, force, and foolishness. Developing the kind of power that helps. Most of us think our having power would be really cool. Make more money. Order people around. Create the universe in the image of our beliefs and desires. Hmm, sounds good to me. (laughs) Well, we're not so sure that power is always a good thing. We are often hurt by the power of others, and we're not sure that we have the wisdom to wield it properly ourselves. Let's get honest. Are we that sure of our intentions, judgment, or ability to make correct decisions for ourselves, much less for anyone else? Hmm. In fact, isn't power often dangerous because it's uninformed and ego-based? Mm-hmm. But there's a kind <laughs> of power that we can develop and really trust, and that is spiritual power. Today, we'll be talking about a different kind of power, which is real. We'll talk about what it is, why we want it, and how to develop it. Listen and call in if you can. Beth is always ready to help you develop your own spiritual power. That's something we all need. And now here's Beth from the Inside Out. Hi, welcome everybody. Well, first I want to tell you that Inside Out is beginning to get popping or hopping or whatever you call that. Um, What's happening is people are starting to like us on Facebook and share about Inside Out, and we're beginning to grow. So we don't have a million likes yet, but all of a sudden they're coming in steadily. So we thank our audience for supporting us, and we encourage you to keep doing it because it makes us feel good, it makes everybody else feel good, and it spreads the word about this show. So there you have it. Well, ooh, okay, the first thing that comes to mind is you, James. Oh, how so? Well, uh, what was the name of our show? Power, Force, and Foolishness. Well, you know, I I think it would be really interesting. <laughs> so I came to mind, huh? <laughs> well, it's it's not really that personal, or, or you know, but it occurred to me that it would be kind of cool for you to talk about some of this for yourself. I mean, I talk on the show a lot, so you know, mm-hmm. everybody knows about me, right? And you know, talk about how you might have thought that. You should have the power, but that you realize that maybe you weren't so wise and all that kind of stuff. So I was just wondering if anything came to mind. And in the meantime, why don't we give out the phone number because we would like to have people call. Okay. That phone number, if you'd like to call us with a question or a comment, is 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. So... I'd be happy to talk about my relationship with power. Okay, great, um, great. Okay, from the time I was a kid, early in age, I always felt I needed to be better than my brother who was one year younger. And in fact, I carried that over to the feeling I needed to be better than anybody else. Now, what, so did that, what did that have to do with power? What did that have to well, do with Well, I exerted power? a lot of power, a lot of will, and a lot of power to, be, uh, to try to compete and try to be better than, than others. 
And I sought power. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I went to an, an elite university. I went to law school, became an attorney, uh, followed politics, considered running for office, for Congress. Really? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. When I was living in the Chicago area, I was the uh, director of the uh, uh, nonpartisan uh, Democratic and Republican uh, a bipartisan group for my particular congressional district. And so I, I considered running for Congress. And in fact, I aspire to someday being a senator and maybe even run for president. So how, how's that for a power trip? I didn't know this. Boy, am I glad that I was guided to ask you. <laughs> I had no idea that I was married to a presidential contender. Oh, I'm telling you. And I was sure that I knew I knew the answers to, to the oh. problems of the day. Oh, my yeah, God. Be- you better, and than me the other peop- better than the other people I read about. <laughs> oh, without, without a question. Me, too. That's my story. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I decided that I might run for president when I was about nine. There and uh, yeah, yep, yes, I wanted power. Now that is really interesting. We already have a caller. Um, so let's take our caller, but we're not going to lose this thread because that's kind of interesting. What is it that we're trying to do with this power? But first, we have Todd from San Diego. Hi, Todd. Hi, Beth and James. Hi, Todd. Well, I'm. I know I need to talk about power, but I'm not sure where to start, so I could use some help probably. I mean, I just had uh, 15 minutes with Beth's session with you regarding my dad and his need for power and how that dominated his ability to have empathy for others. And, uh, wow, I'm looking at my own desire for power, which I, uh, let's see, um, I have, I think I've, let that go, but <laughs> have we ever? Do we, <laughs> Do we ever completely let it go? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, so it feels like there's a little more you want to say before I kind of delve in. Yeah, I mean, I I have been become more aware of it over the course of my career. I mean, I think my whole career was driven by wanting to be powerful and be important, um, which is a form of power in my in my view, in my life, you know. Okay, to, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop you, uh, just momentarily. I'm going to stop you. Uh, your drive was not to be important. You really didn't care about being important. Mm. Your drive was to be powerful, and being important was part and parcel of being powerful. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. The the intention wasn't to be important. The intention was to be powerful. There's right. a that's that's different. Mm-hmm. And for some of us, importance is more important than power. But I see. Yeah. yeah. So okay, anyway, so now important you was a way of being powerful. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It gave you power. Yeah. But what you wanted was power. Go ahead. So, but that really backfired. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I mean, In I was really powerful. Uh, I was. It was really a facade, and my relationships. Uh, you know, I could see. I was. I was trying to get people to be like me, but uh, who wanted to be, you know, uh, someone like that who wasn't their real self. So, um, Now, what, what age are we were talking about? I'd say up until my mid-40s. So this is even true when you're in your teens and your 20s and 30s and all of that. 
Um, I think it became more prevalent um, probably in my early 20s. Um, yes. When I was a teen, I don't think I was driven so much by power. Um, yep. I didn't think I had any power. And then I did a personal development transformational course, which made me feel like, oh, uh, man, I can be powerful. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, I could really feel that. So I think my ego that. really kicked in at that point. Mm-hmm. So uh, growing up, you never really had the hope that you could be powerful. But then suddenly you took this personal development course. And not only did it seem like you could hope for it, but you could actually achieve it. But what would you have to do in order to get it? Um, have big audiences of people listening to me. No, that, that's not what you would have to do to get it. Okay. That's, well, that's... The, way, that's the way it would look or right. one of the ways it would look. But what did you have to do to get that power? Mm. Take a breath. <sighs> okay. Go back to that time. Like me or something like that. What was that again? Say it again. Get up other people to... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the the word give me adulation or no, 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 no. The word you're really looking for is fear. Oh, make people fear me. Yes, when you were young, you never felt that you had enough power to make people fear you, which would make you powerful. It's kind of circular. Yes, you know, you have to have the power to make people fear you so that you can be powerful. Because people's fear of you, in theory, gives you power. So, but you didn't have anything to kickstart it with because you didn't have the power to start with that would get people to fear you enough. And why did you think that fear was the avenue to power? Because that's what uh, I saw. That's what I saw um, modeled in my household with my dad, in my family with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay, so your experience as a child was that you either had the power or you didn't. It was kind of an on-off thing. Yeah. And you didn't have it. He did. Yeah. And uh, you, you knew what it was like to not have power. So yeah. you wanted to have it because you didn't want to be on the other side of that. You know, you Correct. didn't have a paradigm of people mutually supportive or any of that stuff. It was That was your choice. Right. So... But, uh, but growing up feeling so much fear of your father, you did not feel that there was any way that you could kickstart your own power. Even when you left his house and went out into the world, that fear traveled with you and you didn't conceptualize yourself as a person who could invoke fear in others. <sighs> so now what happens is you come to this personal development uh, course. And now how did this course why did this course give you the belief that you could engender fear in others? Because I saw the leaders doing that with people in the course? Yes. Okay. Whoa. Wow, that's really something. Just take a breath there. Take that in. So you saw that the people who were leading the course created fear. Mm-hmm. And you said, oh, I can learn how to do this. Uh, you know, when you're a child and your father had that power, you didn't see it as something that was learnable. He just, like, had it, like God, right? Mm-hmm. But And you didn't. So 
there it is. But now you're in this course and it says, if you do like we do, you too could create fear in other people. Now, ah, I want you to really sink into this because I don't know that you've quite seen this before about uh, the leadership of this organization. We don't have to name it or, or we don't have to disparage it. We just have to say this is the reality of what you experienced there. Right. And, and how did you know that the people in the organization felt fear of the leader? And it may have been the leader of the organization or the leader of the workshop. It sounds like it was workshops, seminars, that kind of thing. How did you know that people felt fear of them? Because they didn't confront them on their, when they were doing things that were hurtful or that weren't, that weren't right. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't bring it up. They they went along with it. That's right. They were too afraid. Mm-hmm. So you you saw yourself in them, and one more time you saw the universe in black and white, on and off, kind of like computers or you know ones the and digital. Zeros. Yeah, ones and zeros. Yeah, you were either a one or a zero. Mm. So you were either in power or out of power, and you saw that got reinforced in this so-called development program. Yeah. And so what you said to yourself was, finally, I know what to do. If I follow along with this and learn what they have to teach me, I can finally become the one. And then everybody else will be the zero. Right. They will listen to me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And what did you have to do to become the one? The on. The power. From your perspective? Mm, that's a really good question, boy. What we happen have? to have time, so we're, okay. I think this is very helpful because what you're talking about, Todd, isn't just your own personal journey. Yeah. I, I would bet you that if everybody's listening to this, there are a lot of people who could identify with this if they only let them. Yeah. Let they let themselves. themselves. Yeah. So... What did you feel like you had to do in order to become the powerful one? Something like, I don't know if this is exactly it, but um, uh, dominate, force, uh, control people. And how were you going to control people? Um... By getting them to follow what I'm saying and follow my advice? No, no. Okay. Okay. I want you to go a lot deeper. Okay. What did you see the leadership doing? They had to disempower everybody else in the room. Mm. How how does it happen that nobody can ever confront the leader or, you know, or question them or talk to them about what they might be doing? They have to be completely disempowered in order to do that, don't they? Yeah, yeah, well. This I'm struggling is, with this because it looks like they're getting power. Um, they're getting power over what? The people in the program. Um, right. <laughs> no, I mean the people in the program, look. it looks like the people in the program are getting more powerful too. 
but but there has to be someone that they're more powerful than in the program. Right. There okay. has to be some hierarchy, some yes. order in the universe. Yeah. So that as you so what you do is you say I will surrender my power in relation to you so that I can have power in relation to the one right below me. Uh-huh. Or two steps below me or a hundred steps below me. Right. And that, okay. okay. Do you understand so you what I'm saying? You become a leader. You become a leader. Yeah. That's what you do. You become a leader. Yeah. But you will never have the power to the confront leader. excuse me? Of the leader. Yes, you never have the power to confront the leader, but mm. then the people beneath you or below you in your mind or in their minds don't have the, the right or the power to confront you either. Mm. The only ones who do are the ones who are still above you in the pecking order, and they can tell you what you're doing wrong. Got it. Are you seeing it now? Yes. So this is the basis of hierarchy, isn't it? Yeah. That we allow ourselves to be members of the hierarchy so that we can have power over the people beneath us, even though it costs us. So when I say, what did you have to do in order to uh, gain power, was you had to be willing to give up your own thinking and common sense and awareness when it came to the people who were above you in the leadership. Right, and this is the same thing that was mirrored in the other <laughs> class that I took that you know about. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. you mean these, these, this, is, this is yet another group? Yeah. There was more than one? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So you're beginning to see it now. Yes. And so that's what you had to do. You had to make yourself um, stop thinking not be whole and just, you know, let yourself be ordered around by those above so that you could move into a slot. <laughs> to order the, you, the ones below me. Uh, exactly. Around. Exactly. <sighs> oh, man. Okay. And in the end, how did that feel? Unfulfilling, totally bankrupt. Yes. In both ways. Both as you being dominated mm-hmm. and as you dominating. Yeah. And, and we're almost at uh, our station break, so I'd like you to just kind of sum up if you can, Todd. Mm-hmm. Why was it unfulfilling to be dominated? Why was it unfulfilling to dominate? Because there wasn't, uh, there was no me in the process. Like the my natural self-expression was totally lost in the process. Yes, you're not. That's right. Because you had to squelch your self-expression with the powers that be, and you also had to squelch your empathy mm-hmm. for the the powers that weren't be, mm-hmm. <laughs> the people beneath you, because you had to look at them and not see them. Because if you saw them, then you would see the same kind of anguish and upset that you felt yourself. You would see that they felt towards you the way you felt towards the leadership. Mm. Or at least you were trying to achieve that, so you have to cut yourself off. And the other thing that you lose is relationships. Because you're always trying to maintain that hierarchy. Gotta go, Todd. Uh, 
I mean, we could go on for another hour, but I think we yeah. we shouldn't. Uh, we've got another caller, but we're going to take her right after commercial break. Good work. Thank you. And now let's go to break. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is Beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi, welcome back to Inside Out. Today we are talking about power, force, and foolishness. We haven't even talked about force yet and the difference between power and force, but we're already looking at the dark side of power and the foolishness that goes along with that. The loss of empathy, the loss of relating, the loss of self-respect that, can, that our last call just brought up. And now we're going to speak to Anne from Fallbrook. Hi, Anne. Welcome to Inside Out. Hi. Thank you, Beth. Um, so this topic was uh, really pertinent to me. I was really interested when I saw the description. Just recently at work, there was this decision made, like, over my head that I was really kind of frustrated about. And um, it's made me consider lots of things, but one of them is that it made me feel like maybe I want to have more <laughs> power you know, like mm-hmm. become more of a leader so that I can, you know, be in a position where I can make more of the decisions that kind of affect me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I have that fear of, well, what if I would make a bad decision as well? Or um, like kind of like in your description, like may, or make foolish decisions. So, you know, I worry about that. And I saw that you said that there's a better way and that's spiritual power. And yes. If I lead, if I became, you know, more of a leader, I want to lead from that place. But what would be your advice of how to develop that or what's the difference? Well, I love your question, Anne. And uh, this is a very good following on from Todd's because Todd was talking about needing power just to have power because Uh when you grow up in an environment where you feel afraid, 
then uh-huh. you want to have power just as a, a self-defense because if you don't have power, then you're a zero. Now, you're talking about another motivation for power, so it's great that you called next. Uh, and that, that motivation for power is the power to do something or to have an impact. So it's not to have power in some abstract sense to avoid being squashed completely, but it's a power to accomplish something. Now, at the same time, you've also said that what has brought this to light for you is the fear of other people's power. So in a way, it segues from Todd because that's having power because you feel powerless. Now, where... um, the shift, and this, this may sound a little bit esoteric, but this is what I feel guided to share with you. You're mm-hmm. motivated by the fact that somebody made a decision and you had no say. I, yeah. I assume you said it was at work. So was it over your job, over your classroom? Was it over everybody or just over you? And it's over my students. Like they determined who, kind of like the criteria for which, whether they, it's hard to explain, but my program. Um, okay, so they made, they made decisions about your students without your yeah. having any input, and I gather without them having the students having any input either. Yeah. Okay. Now, when we react out of that, in a way, it's a good wake-up call. Like, oh, if I don't exercise power, there will be a vacuum, and then mm-hmm. things will happen and I will have no say. And that's a very normal uh, reaction. Uh, to say, oh, I don't want that anymore. But what my challenge to you is to leave that as a motivation and to embrace only the power to accomplish something. Because Uh um, the power to accomplish something means that you can be fully guided in an internal way by what I call the source or God or higher consciousness. To be guided. So you can say, I feel that what should happen here, and this even may be just your contribution, and others may say something else, and together you come up with something even better. But you feel this motivation that's coming through you to express higher consciousness in the classroom rather than saying, oh, I don't want to be be dominated, or I don't want my students to be dominated by people who don't know what they're doing. <laughs> do, do you see the distinction? You see, the first, when, you just, when you're saying, I don't want to be dominated, you're, you're, you're back to Todd, which is, mm-hmm. I have to have power for the sake of power, because if I don't mm-hmm. have power, I will be powerless. That mm-hmm. kind of energy will inevitably, whether you like it or not, bring you mm-hmm. more and more and more and more into the thirst for power itself. Mm-hmm. Pa- power separated from purpose. Mm. You see what I mean? Because this time it's, oh, I don't like this decision, and then I don't like that decision. Well, I have to be in a powerful place, rather than Mm -hmm. I need to be an agent for the divine consciousness that's coming through me that says, I need to make this contribution here. I need to bring this thought here. I need to bring this wisdom here. That Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with the other kind of power, which Mm -hmm. is a defensive power, which is for power itself. In this case, it's power in service. Mm. Yeah. And I can see that opens up lots of possibilities because probably one of the things I'm feeling is that I don't know where the outlet is to bring my feedback, you know? Yes. And, um, 
because it's not <laughs> it's not invited, you know. Yes. Um, right now, but I can go that direction too. You can um, absolutely. That's right. You can then start creating the avenues because you're not Mm -hmm. waiting. And you feel different because while you're doing it, you don't feel so insecure. We -hmm. are all foolish, Anne. That's Mm -hmm. part of what we were trying to say in our intro today. None of us Mm -hmm. really has the wisdom to know the right thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you may be absolutely certain that your idea for your students is truly the best and that mm-hmm. whoever is telling you what to do is a complete jerk. And, uh, you know, maybe they are, but maybe they have some, maybe mm-hmm. there's some purpose behind what they're saying too that you haven't seen mm-hmm. yet. If you get into the power for the power for the power, gee, I don't like the fact that I, my power was usurped. I am no longer in charge of my classroom. Then you mm-hmm. will automatically read something negative into anything that is done. I see. You see what I mean? Because the the purpose is to prove that the powerful ones are jerks so -hmm. that you can justify going after power yourself. But if you Mm -hmm. feel guided to bring forward a perspective, then what you're doing is you're doing just that. You're bringing an aspect of of consciousness to the fore, bringing uh, this idea to the table, so to speak. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's a way better idea than the others, or maybe it's just another piece of the puzzle, but you will not be feeling yourself in an adversarial relationship, Mm -hmm. which will be picked up by the powers that be who will automatically reject you because they know that you're grabbing for power. And they're in the on-off universe most of the time because almost everybody grew up feeling that they needed power. Mm -hmm. So then you come along with your idea and they're saying, oh my God, she wants power. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, and so then they react to that rather than saying, "I gee, this is an interesting thought." Now, uh, can your being different guarantee that they will be different? Of course not. We are talking about human beings, mm-hmm. aren't we? And mm-hmm. there's so much pathology going around. But what we can say is that you're giving yourself a chance of actually making a contribution and being heard. Yeah. And so there, and you yourself will feel different because you will mm-hmm. trust your motivation and there will be something different in you when you speak. So, yes, we are all foolish at times, but what really makes us particularly foolish is the effort to gain the absolute power to be able to make the decisions ourselves mm-hmm. because then we're really not taking in any feedback other than what's going on in our own heads Mm -hmm. so coming in again with that open attitude of i need to bring this forward have you considered this can we sit down and talk about this you Mm -hmm. the world would change if we all came into the room thinking this way Mm -hmm. i don't think that i always think that way (laughs) so you know i try so now what is spiritual power it is the fulfillment of what I'm describing, which is where you have no power whatsoever. The kind of on-off, I need power over power is never spiritual power. People think that spiritual power is, oh, I have the power to make you believe something, or I have the power to get the demons out of the house, or I have the, and it's all about I, I have this power. 
That is not spiritual power. Spiritual power always comes from having no power of your own and being the transmitter of that power, just like you become the transmitter of the wisdom. So when you go into the conversation to talk about what's going on in your classroom, you come in with a feeling that you have a piece of wisdom that needs to come forward and you bring that forward. The power conversation isn't there. And when you're being empowered by spiritual power, you are not looking to prove anything about yourself. You're not looking to get people to think or be different. And you're not looking to grab the power from the other person. And now, can others feel the difference? Yes. Mm-hmm. Again, That's I'm not going to promise you that if you come in with spiritual power that the people around you are going to respond accordingly. I mean, people are, you know, they see so much what's already in their minds. If someone already believes that they live in that black and white universe of you either have the power or you don't, it doesn't matter what you do. They can't see past what's in their own minds. But if there's any opening whatsoever, you can start building a bridge to that person where they begin to feel safe with your power. And then they begin to realize that the power that you're carrying is not personal power, is not egoic power, is not an effort to dominate. Mm-hmm. It's really an effort to empower others. Now, what does spiritual power do? It empowers everyone. Mm. Because it's giving people better options, better choices. It's giving them uh, a feeling of well-being and safety so that they can choose something outside of their fear and their ego. Great. That's very helpful. Good. So I'm glad. So you were able to understand what I said. I was clear enough. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much for your call, and It was very helpful. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Hi. We don't have any other callers right now, so please feel free to call in. And uh, we have a couple of minutes till break. And I'd like to come back to you, James. And I want you to... to have reflected on what we were just talking about. And um, have you ever had that experience? And be very honest, going deep into yourself. And I don't know yet what the answer is. Have you ever had that experience of spiritual power when there was no personal power whatsoever? You didn't experience it. You didn't uh, want to uh, impress anyone with it. You didn't want to impress yourself with it. You simply carried the power of your connection to the divine, which is what spiritual power is. Have you had that experience yet? Uh, Yes, I would say that I have had that experience. When I was living in the Finhorn community, an international community in Scotland, I was part of the college core group. And uh, I would make my contributions of ideas of my parts of the wisdom that could be added to the, the, the thinking in the group. And at that point in time, I didn't feel a lot of personal power. I felt a, a kind of a shared uh, co-creation, kind of a co- making contributions, which is also something I've had more of uh, in recent years uh, with the, the stream community. Well, that is wonderful. I'm very glad to hear that. Um, I would say, however, that there was, there, I have one 
uh, little caveat here. Yes. I would say that you're right in that it wasn't so much egoic power in the sense that you felt a part of, and that was extremely important, and that you did not feel the need uh, to dominate as much. But I will tell you what I'm feeling and seeing is mm -hmm. that you yourself never felt that you had the connection to the divine, which was the spiritual power. You had a more cooperative, co-creative energy about what you brought forward, but you did not feel that what you brought forward was coming from the divine. Yes, I'd have to say that's true as yeah. of that point in time. Yes. I, I would say that more recently uh, on my uh, support call that happens most days of the week, uh, quite often I will feel guided um, and, and then I will have that sense of the spiritual power that you're talking about in yes. terms of whatever wisdoms I could share to the benefit of the others on the call. Well, that's good, and it's good for you to recognize the difference. And, of course, being much more co-creative is extremely beneficial to everyone. And so I'm not suggesting to people that they not be co-creative, but I'm saying that that, is not, that does not quite reach the level of spiritual power, which you feel when you feel just imbued by a consciousness that is not yours, that you do not own, and it isn't your, even your suggestions. So we have another caller. We have just a minute. Let's take her, and then we'll put her on hold uh, during our commercial break, but we can get started. It's Helen from uh, San Diego. Hi. Welcome. Hi, Helen. Hi. Um, I think my question has to do with being confused about the, sorry the responsibility of power something about the responsibility of power okay uh, that's easy there isn't any when you when you are truly uh, expressing uh, spiritual power you are not responsible for the outcome of what happens because you're being an agent of the divine. You are responsible for being an agent of the divine, but you're not responsible for the outcome. On the other hand, if you're ego-based, you do not feel responsible to be an agent of the divine, but you do feel responsible for the outcome. So those of us who have felt responsible for the outcome, because we're coming from an egoic place, have often become afraid because we will make foolish choices and then we'll feel bad about it or we'll feel inadequate or whatever we're feeling. Then we become increasingly afraid of having any kind of power at all. But when your only responsibility is to express what it is that's coming through you, then you realize that you are only a part of the co-creation of the universe and its moment and its own evolution. And suddenly you feel free to actually express that because you are not responsible for the ultimate co-creation. What you are responsible for is offering what you have been guided to and uh, not either hiding it or trying to impose it, but just to express it. Yep, that sounds exactly right. Oh, good. I'm glad that I was able to answer your question. And it really helps me to see 
um, I think my fear of being guided at times is that that it's you know once it's out of the mouth, it's you know completely out of my hands. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and well, and I just and that's the good news. One of the things that I have noticed in myself is that when I have some big decision to make, like should I buy this house or marry this man or, uh, you know, d- do this thing, I don't have the power to make it happen. That's foolishness and to think that I actually alone have any power whatsoever to make anything happy happen. But what is the relief is knowing that I don't have the power to make it happen. So that my relief comes in realizing that uh, once I have taken my action, I am not responsible for where it goes because I am not the creator of reality. I'm only part of that co-creation. And that allows me to take more risks because I'm going to give that a whirl and I'm going to see where the divine plan will take us. So thanks for your call and we need to go to commercial break. Thank you very uh, much. And we still have a little bit of time. We don't have any more callers. So if you wish, call us up. And, uh, but regardless of that, we're going to continue talking about power, force, and foolishness. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is Beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome back to Inside Out. We would like to get into force in our uh, last third, but we have a caller, Elizabeth from San Diego. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, Beth and James. Hi. Um, what came to my mind when I heard this topic was my dad mm. in regards to... Um, him being a very uh, forceful figure in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't have a lot of, well, basically his power was his voice. You know, he was a small-statured guy, but 
you know, I told people I'd rather have him slap me than have him yell at me. Mm. Because his words, you know, just the force behind the words, it wasn't necessarily the words, but just his voice and the volume out of this little little person was just scary. Mm. And how did that impact you in terms of power or force yourself? Power or force. Um, For you. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I took on a belief that, uh, you know, of course he was my dad, so it's kind of like the God figure of my family or, you know, in my life. Yes. That men were the power figures. In my yes. life. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I, I had to be submissive to that. Yes. That's true. That's what you tried. Um, you're like on the opposite side of the coin from Todd, who called in earlier, who wanted to become the power. He saw a way to become the power himself, and he tried to exercise that, and he saw the, the, the pitfalls of that. And you've tried to find a way to manipulate the power by submitting and controlling in a more manipulative way. And that was what formed your, you know, that, uh, it's an aspect, of course, I'm not saying this is all of you, but that formed your personality, is that I will submit and learn how to wield the power of the power. So I will not have my own power, but I will manipulate the power of those that I think are more powerful than I am. Now, what happens as a result of that, Elizabeth, uh, just a moment, is that you don't have uh, a concept of your own power, spiritual power or any other kind. And in fact, you must have someone in the power position who you can manipulate. Do you understand? If you're I I- sure do. So it's like if you're used to having a puppet, for example, to express... Uh, and the puppet is taken away, you don't know how to express yourself, you have to go find another puppet. (laughs) Well, it's kind of ironic that in this case, the puppet appears to be more powerful, but your goal is to manipulate that more powerful being, and you don't know how to build your own inner power. So I'm very glad that you brought this up, because this is the time for you to start making that change. It's like, I, I can become aware of all the different ways that I'm seeking some power that I can manipulate. Oh, uh, my guru. Uh, Oh, my boyfriend. Oh, my boss. Anyone who you think as powerful or as forceful, and then you know what to do. Well, how can I make them do what I want? Versus being kind of naked in the world because you don't have any of that. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, so just a moment. There's something more that I want to tell you. Now, again, we come back to the issue of power and power, spiritual power, other kind of power, and we're really talking about force now. What you described was a man who didn't feel powerful but became very forceful instead. Mm -hmm. And what was the purpose for him to utilize force around him to the people around, utilize it with the people around him. Well, it gave him a sense of power, being powerful. Yes. Now, this is interesting. So many of us 
have grown up with the confusion between power and force. For example, you talked about your father in the beginning, and at first you, you know, is he powerful, but you used the word force. Your father was not powerful. He was not capable of making something happen. But what he was capable of was using force to try to get other people to do what he wanted. Someone who feels powerful has power over themselves, feel in control of their environment, is not looking to force others to do what they want because they can't, they don't feel that power themselves. I want you to see if you uh, get what I mean. <sighs> For example, someone who has spiritual power, feels connected to source, has a sense of confidence about them that, that you can get only by feeling that connection when you have that divine connection with you. Now, that person is not using personal force because you don't even have any personal force. Now, you take someone who doesn't have that sense of spiritual power that doesn't feel like God or the source or the universe or the chi is with them, then that person is going to try to look like they are in control or they are going to try to control through using force over people because they don't feel that they have power. You don't need force when you have power. If you have the power of clear thinking, for example, and you're speaking in a clear way, you are bringing forth clarity. People will recognize that as clarity. They may listen to you, they may not listen to you, but there's something in them that says, this is clear. When you're talking rubbish, you don't have clarity, you have to use force. You have to get people to think that what you're saying is true. If you already have the power of clarity, you don't have to make people think anything. You put it out and people take it in. Hmm. But when you don't have that power, that clear thinking, you speak and you have to put force behind it to get people to listen to you because they are not going to recognize any clarity in your thinking. So now this brings us back to your father, doesn't it? Okay. When your father was using force in his languaging, that was because he wasn't clear in his thinking. Now take that in. So clarity in your thinking is only one way that spiritual power can show. There is um, power in your presence mm -hmm. that people experience. And again, you don't have to force anyone to listen to you. Think about a screaming child. Why is the child trying to use the force of their energy and their voice? Because nobody is listening. Mm -hmm. So I want you to think about that. 
about the many people in your life where you have seen this, where they use force in their voices or in their behaviors because they don't have the clarity of thought that people would automatically respect and listen to, and they know it, and they're trying to use force to overcome that. And it's always true, people use force when they have no way of reaching someone. Very frequently, that's because we lack spiritual power. At other times, it's because the other side is simply not going to listen. And that's just the truth, too. So we need to go. But thank you for your question. I hope that that was helpful to you. Yes, it was. Very much so. Thank you. Very good. Thank you so much. Well, James, why don't you tell us about what's coming up next week, and then we'll have a a minute or two to conclude this program. Very good. Our next edition of Inside Out will be, Do You Feel Excited About Life? A lot of us have felt excited at different times of our lives, excited about a promising relationship, a new job, going to college, getting a first car, buying a house, or having a baby. What happened to that excitement? Do you still feel it? Was getting excited a good thing, or did it set you up for disappointment? Do you still feel excited about life? If so, congratulations. If it's gone away, where did it go? What is excitement? Is it even a good thing? Is it gone? Can you get it back? So host Beth Green is wondering about that herself. So she's inviting you to tune in, call in, and talk with her and the gang about excitement, what it is, and how to keep it. This should be an exciting show, no pun intended. And don't hesitate to call and ask Beth to help you gain or recapture that sense of excitement in your life. Or call to share your excitement and how you've kept it. After the program, like us on Facebook, share the show, and join the post-show forum. Uh, You can do that by uh, clicking on the link on the right side of the host page. And now, a few final words. Power, force, and foolishness. We are foolish to think that force will ever give us the sense of power and satisfaction that we crave. The only thing that will give us that sense of power is to feel respect for ourselves and connection to the divine. The more we use force, the less we respect ourselves. The more we use force, the less people respect us. People who respect us do not need to fear us going back to where we started on the show today about fear. People who fear us don't respect us. They only respect the power of the negativity that might befall them if they cross us. So in this last minute, I'd like you to take a breath, everyone in the audience. Breathe in and begin to have faith that there is such a thing as spiritual power that you can access it by opening yourself to the divine that it does not look like power over anyone but yourself and that that ability to be with yourself to observe yourself to work with yourself and to transmit the wisdom of the divine because you're not getting in the way of yourself. That power is available to any one of us if and when we're willing to let go of the false power and the force. 
Thanks for being with us today. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week.